0: Welcome to Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck and co host Reverends Bill Holton and Cher Holton. Discover practical applications to bring 21st century metaphysics to work in your life. Here's your host, Paul Hasselbeck. Welcome to another edition of Metaphysical Romp 2. This is the Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck. I'm delighted I'm with you, and of course, I hope you're delighted to be with us. It is another beautiful day in my consciousness. Because I'm with my two best buddies. Hi, friends. Uh
1: Hi, we are so delighted to be together. And this is Reverend Dr. Cher Holton. And it is another beautiful day in my consciousness.
2: And this is the Reverend Dr. Bill. And I'm very delighted, too, for the three of us again. And it is very definitely another beautiful, beautiful day in my consciousness as well. And as you guys know, for those of you who don't know, we are the co-founders of an online unity ministry. And our name is the Unity Center for Universal Prosperity dot com. And we spell universal Y-O universal because it's about your spiritual
1: growth and human happiness and we give you that wonderful shortcut to get to us which is ucfyp.com so come and join us and sign up for our monday musings because you'll enjoy those
0: yeah and i have my website paulhasselbeck.com where i have my calendar as well as my weekly blog the absolute word which you can email me at alberthasselbeck.com if you want to be on the free email list. And of course, we like to think of ourselves being around the virtual kitchen table. I'm still in Fort Lauderdale while the Holdens are in Durham, holding down that end. And MR2, Metaphysical ROM 2, is all about sharing spirituality, pseudo-spirituality, science, and pseudoscience because we don't separate the spiritual from the science. So on, we now. are on part four of taking another look at law and principle. And so, Cher, will you take it away?
1: I will. And just reminding the group, what we're reading to riff on is coming from a paper that was uncovered that have descriptions of laws that we have some disagreement with, of course, as usual. And we're just kind of rephrasing and revamping them so that people can begin to think about them.
0: Yes, indeed. (laughs) We're having a lot of fun with them because... This was written so long ago, it's in language that we just don't agree with. Absolutely. So you want to read this whole little paragraph, Cher?
1: Sure. This is an interesting one. It's the law of cause and effect. And I think it was written before quantum physics. (laughs) Made (laughs) us see things differently. So this is what it says. Note that there is a difference between this law and the Hindu teaching of karmic cause and effect. Jesus states unequivocally that when we are conscious of our actions and become responsible for them through right thinking, we may rise above or break out of the karmic wheel or cycle of learning. His teaching is the basis for the concept
0: of grace. Now, isn't that really an interesting paragraph? Because he talks about, or whoever wrote this talked about, that there's a difference between this law and the Hindu teaching of karmic cause and effect, but then he says Jesus states unequivocally that when we are conscious of our actions and become responsible for them and for right thinking, we may rise above or break out of the karmic (laughs) wheel. So it's either contradictory or this law of cause and effect is a greater law than the karmic law that we can read about in Hindu teachings.
2: Yeah. And I'm not sure. I don't think I've ever read anything by Yeshua or Jesus where he used the word karma.
0: Well, isn't that interesting? Because I don't recall anything like that either. So, this is where whoever wrote this material is reading into it. Yeah. Instead of letting it be what it is. And this law of compensation always has made me a little uncomfortable because. And, you know, in consciousness, we've always talked about how cause and effect are not separated. And yeah. so I think in one of our little get over books, we said what you put out is already in. So when we're angry at somebody, we experience the anger within ourselves and, and grow the thoughts and feelings around that anger. I don't believe in this idea. What I do, I'm going to get directly back from someplace or somewhere else.
2: Exactly
1: right. I yeah. agree with that. And the whole cause and effect, the law of cause and effect to me is just a reminder of how important every choice is, because every choice has an impact or an effect and influences our next choice, our Choices create our experience. And, and so the law of cause and effect is more about what we're thinking and how we're being on those thoughts.
0: Yes. And, and and the way in which this, this is written is that if I put forth a present cause and I get it back sometimes in the future, what we're saying is my present cause impacts the future. And I really am a strong believer as everything uh, is operating within the time frame of what we would call the present. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree too. Yeah,
1: we like to say the present <clears throat> moment is my time zone.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, wow, in all these years, I don't remember hearing you say that, but that's oh, brilliant. That's,
1: uh, yeah, that's and, what I And heard.
2: folks, what we're suggesting here is that the, the, the point of power is in the present moment, and the present moment can influence what may happen in the future. It, it's not causative.
0: Yes. So that influence is happening because whatever I've done in the present, I'm continuing to do in some way, nanosecond, nanosecond, nanosecond yep. until there's that impact we might experience. And yep. I just noticed this last line again, his his teaching, Jesus's teaching is the basis for the concept of grace. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wondered about that because yeah. that's kind of a separate topic.
0: Because what Jesus said here is that as soon as I become conscious of my current actions and, and I'm assuming my thoughts and feelings and get into that right thinking, then we rise above the karmic wheel, which means we are deciding the, the grace we experience. It's not grace offered by some entity or being or deity or any of that.
1: -hmm. Bill has a great quote around that. He said, Grace is our next choice.
0: Grace is our next choice or our ability to choose again.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And karma is really the Hindu word for karma means simply action. And the action can be both positive or
1: negative.
0: I wonder Mm -hmm. how many people know that.
1: I know. I know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think we can move on to the next one. Do you? Sure. So
1: oh the next one is law of mind and it's not law of mind action. It's law of mind. And here's what it says. As you believe, so it is done unto you.
0: Oh, can we just (laughs) stop there? (laughs) I know.
1: Should I continue?
0: (laughs) No, it's just as you believe you experience within you. It's not being done to us by some external floors so i just had to interrupt right. exactly
1: no and that sure. that, that, yeah. that quote it's like that's also what the secret and things like that use mm-hmm. to make people think that if you think about it then it appears it's manifest and that is not how manifestation works
0: exactly and that's exactly. another
1: we both got some passion around this.
0: we do we <laughs> all do. three we of us do. yeah, yeah.
1: OK, all efforts at denial, affirmation and gratitude is given by Katie in our text. Deal with the working of this law.
0: So Katie would be Emily, Katie. Right. And right. And I'm not sure what text they're referring to here.
1: It must be <clears throat> lessons in truth.
0: Yeah, but she had a couple other ones. And okay. I, I, I wonder if it's a combination of them all.
2: Yeah. So. And the denial that we're talking about is not the river in Egypt.
0: That's right.
2: It it sounds the same because you folks are hearing this and not seeing this. That's right. The denial we're talking about is D-E-N-I-A-L.
0: And today I would say all efforts of release, Mm -hmm. assertion, And gratitude. And that avoids that sort of auditory confusion.
1: Mm -hmm. And all of those deal with the working of this law, according to this paper. Yes. Yes. By making a change in our beliefs at a conscious level, we affect the subconscious level where our autopilot determines our reactions to the events and people around us. Be aware of the domino factor in this law. Some of our beliefs are based on other beliefs. When we make significant shifts in our most basic beliefs, for example, what God is and who we really are, then many other beliefs have to change accordingly. This is why change in our lives appears to come in spurts or we seem to arrive at plateaus in our learning.
0: So as long as we talk about this as what's happening in our consciousness or our mind, this is well written.
2: Yeah, it is. This
0: explanation is really good. Yeah, most, most of us have experienced having a jump in our consciousness, and then we—I'm going to say flatline, but I guess I don't mean that. Where we, where we, where we, we level rest. off, plateau. <laughs> and I think when we've talked about that, the plateau is not bad because that is when the new jump is being being integrated in our whole system.
1: Right. <laughs> it's a chance to get comfortable with what we've learned in the spurt. Yes, and I do like the idea that when we change one major belief, it does affect so many other things. and that's that's where people have issues sometimes, I think, with like God, their concept of God. It affects so many other areas of their practice that they resist it sometimes.
0: Yes, yeah, so the concept for me is is that most of us have one or maybe a few core beliefs. And those core beliefs are the foundation of other subsidiary beliefs. So you can work on clearing the subsidiary beliefs. But if you clear that core belief, those subsidiary beliefs have no foundation. And so they tend to, let's say, dissolve and go away more easily.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. And that gets us to the consideration, which we don't have time to go into now. But there's a difference between evidence-based beliefs and evidence-bearing beliefs.
0: And why don't we have time to go into that right now? That's a very <laughs> important point. <laughs> so, yeah, when, yeah. So, so give us an example of well, evidence-based beliefs.
2: Okay, an evidence-based uh, belief would be that the earth circles the sun. Okay. Uh, a, a lot of people used to believe that the sun circles the earth. Which never that, that was an evidence-bearing belief because there was no proof to substantiate that particular belief going that direction.
0: That's such a great combination. And was it you or somebody told me there's like 20% of people still believe the earth's flat or something like that? In
2: 2018, the National Science Foundation had a national poll here in America. And the results of that poll was 25% of Americans still believe two things that the that the uh, earth is not round that you can fall off the edge of it that it, it, it's flat earth and they believe that the sun circled the earth isn't
1: that amazing that's oh a my lot, god that's a lot of people
0: that's
2: over six million people
0: that's a lot of people yeah and that almost speaks to the failure of education doesn't it
1: yes oh mm-hmm. true
0: yes. wow yeah. wow that's amazing i think we can get one more in at least don't you share?
1: Sure. Okay. So law of circulation. Oh, this is fun. What goes around comes around.
0: Oh my God. Here we go <laughs> we could, again.
1: We could just dive into that, <laughs> but let me read the whole thing first. Yeah, Read
0: the whole thing, share.
1: Stagnation is death. A pool of water cannot be kept clean, sweet, and renewed unless there is an outlet as well as an inlet. If the new fresh water stops its flow into the pool, then the water that remains will become foul and rank. As with the pool, when we hold on to what comes to us out of fear or lack, we shut off the flow. It is our business to keep both the inlet and the outlet open as God keeps life and abundance flowing through us.
0: I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> uh, comparing us to this pool of water or this body of water I, and so when i've heard this in the past it was always in reference to the dead sea
1: Dead Sea. the reason yeah. why
0: the dead sea is dead it has an inlet but no outlet but to say our consciousness has no outlet is not to understand what consciousness is yep
1: good point good point <laughs> that is well said I, that's a, that is just such a great succinct way to say it
0: yeah, what goes around comes around. <laughs> yeah,
1: really. That's... Have we done that in the one of the get over it's If not, that's a good one to throw in. I think but... you either
0: write that one down real fast, yeah. Sherry. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure we did it, and we are talking about the third book sometime down the road. Yeah, what goes around comes around. That's the same idea. If you put out anger, you're going to get anger back, and mm-hmm. and so you put out anger today. And a month from now, someone's angry at you and you believe that when you're angry, when, you ang- when you were angry a month earlier, that's what's causing this person to be angry with you. Yeah, you know, let's get over this. Right. <laughs> that's
1: like when people say. What did you do to cause this? Yes. When you experience. And I, that to me, that is such metaphysical malpractice when somebody says that.
0: I- well, you hear this one, though.
1: A lot, mm-hmm. a
0: lot. Mm-hmm. And you know, this, this is this what goes around, comes around, is a kissing cousin to what you put out, you get back. Yeah. And which then I love what Bill did that in our book. What you put out is already in. And not only have you put it out, you've reinforced what's in. It yep, doesn't yep. mean you're going to get it back. Exactly. Um, right. Look at Jesus's life. It's yeah. Open. It's like, if we really believe he was mostly putting out love, then he should be getting mostly love back. And what he got was crucifixion. Crucifixion,
1: yeah, for sure. Oops. So so (laughs) what do we want to say to people for law of circulation? Like, what would be the, the takeaway instead of what's here?
0: So here's the thing about this. And gosh, we may have talked about this. I don't believe there's a law of circulation. I believe circulation exists and we see it in the physical world all the time. And so there's a principle of circulations. Circulation happens, but it's not what goes around comes around. It's it's just that things circulate, especially in the physical world. You know, they, it, it rains, it goes into the oceans, it, it gets evaporated. All of those cycles are evidence of the circulation happening
2: yeah well you know i'm thinking the heart of the matter in terms of the law of circulation is we take another look at the heart and the way the blood circulates
1: mm-hmm.
2: now that kind of circulation i buy but yep. but not what this particular author's talking about here
1: well and and it goes back to law of mind action again because i think you get what you hold within that's like the circulation like if if you go to a If you travel, for example, when we went to Paris, everybody said you're going to hate Paris. People are rude. Well, we went to Paris, had a fabulous, magical time, and everybody was wonderful. But I have to believe that's exactly what we expected. Yes. You go expecting it. And so you then you see there's so many different ways to see things. You tend to take that perspective. And so it's your it's your mindset you bring that creates what your circulation involves. Well,
0: I think, I don't know if it creates the circulation, but it tends to create a mindset that that's what we see.
1: Yeah. That's what I was yeah. trying to say. Yes.
0: That's, that's what we see. I'll do this fast. There was There's a story of the guy who runs into somebody along the road and he's heading to a city. And he asks the person coming from the city, what is this city like? And the guy says, the people are wonderful. And so when he gets to the city, he experienced wonderful people. The next city, the guy's coming out of the city, he asks how the city is, and the guy says it's horrible. And so the guy goes to the city expecting the people to be horrible. Well, that's creating that that confirmation bias in our consciousness. So that's what we're looking for. And
1: we're in charge of determining not what somebody tells us it's going to be, but what do we want to set as our mindset?
0: Exactly. That's exactly how it operates. And speaking about mindsets, we ought to set our consciousness in the direction of the absolute word, which is based on Sunday messages appearing in the Daily Word, a copyrighted Unity publication and has been used with permission. And this one comes from February 5th, 2023. And the word is well-being. My faith is key to my well-being. Unity co-founder Myrtle Fillmore's journey to total well-being began when she changed her mind. She used the following affirmation and denial provided by E.B. Weeks, a healing practitioner. I am a child of God, and therefore I do not inherit sickness. She took them to heart as she threw the full weight of her faith into them. After two years of persistent, health-affirming meditation, prayer, and practice, Myrtle healed herself. Her faith fueled conviction was key. Thereafter, Myrtle Fillmore lived joyously and vigorously for many years. I am inspired by her story. I am fully divine and fully human. I feel my body's quickening response as I faithfully put a demand on and claim my innate power of life. Life is vibrantly active in each and every cell of my body. Good nutrition, exercise and rest Support my healing practice. My faith is key to my well-being. And so it is, friends. This is the Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck signing off. Thank you for listening.
1: This is Reverend Dr. Cher Holton. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. And this is the Reverend Doc Bill
2: Holton. And the three of us want to continue to invite you to realize that faith is the key to your well-being.